On this edition of Facts, Pans, and Rants, we're going to talk about how to bring the prodigal home and how do you interact with people who, well, they've messed up. Yeah, we've all been there. Where's repentance, grace, mercy? It should be in the church. Let's talk about it. Facts, Pans, and Rants with Stephen D. Mosley. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Facts, Pains, and Rants. I'm your host, Stephen D. Mosley, and I am excited to talk about this topic. This one's a really tough one. Uh, how to bring the prodigal home. I will say this. One, you know, you ever get into, if you've been to church, you know, sometimes there's just that one sermon that really hits you in the heart, or there's one message that you seem to remember forever. For me, as a kid, I remember my pastor saying, and he talked about, he went on a missions trip. I believe to India, it was a foreign country, and he came back and he said something along the lines of, you know, how would it, how would it have impacted your faith if I would have denied Christ while I was over there? And I remember sitting there going, oh man, that, that would really hit me to the core. Because for most people who are believers, their pastors are kind of like superheroes, right? They are men who have devoted their lives to Jesus. They teach the word each week. They're a paragon of of character they are people who are you you look up to you you want to be like and they inspire you to be a better version of yourself and so you start thinking that you you'd sometimes uh, just by default you think of them as perfect right and of course it's not true you know pastors are just like everyone else they are, are fallen uh, people who need the grace of jesus christ the only difference is first timothy 3 titus 1 they are men who live above reproach who uh, have great character, and they talked about those characteristic qualities in those passages. But naturally, you think of them kind of like superheroes. And so I remember hearing my pastor at the time say that, and I was like, oh, man, that would really destroy my faith if you gave up the faith. You know, you're, you're a pastor, for goodness sake. But then he went on and he said this, it shouldn't. Why? Because your faith should be in Jesus Christ. It shouldn't be in a man. It, it should be in Jesus Christ. So no matter what happens, what I do, what anyone does, it doesn't shipwreck your faith. And ever since then, I will remember that moment forever because at that moment, I was like, you know, he's right. My faith needs to be so founded in Jesus Christ and his word that no matter what happens in my life, no matter who fails, no matter what moral failure happened, my faith faith is firm in Jesus Christ. Today we're talking about bringing the prodigals home. And I want to encourage you to have a faith that's built on the rock of Jesus Christ and nothing else, and a faith that is firmly planted in the truth depicted in God's word. Because my friends, that is the answer to how do you handle when your favorite uh, apologist is found in moral failure, whether it's Ravi Zacharias and sexual misconduct or your local pastor. It's what happens when people who you love so much, they let you down. And it doesn't impact your faith, except for it leads you to your knees. It leads you to be more dedicated to Jesus and his mission. It leads you to what the scripture teaches us, to watch your life and doctrine closely. So I'm going to answer a, a question or two that I got about this topic, about bringing a prodigal home. You say, Stephen, where do you get this idea of the prodigal? So I get it from a passage in Scripture, uh, Luke chapter 15, in which Jesus tells a story about a father who 
is waiting for his lost son to come home. And it's, it's the parable of the lost sheep, lost coin, lost son. And the purpose of the parable is to say, there's great rejoicing in heaven when one person who's lost is found. And my friend, that's the same here. That's the mindset that we are supposed to have. We're supposed to have the same mindset that we are messengers of reconciliation, like Corinthians 5, 18 through 21. And our goal is to reach people for Jesus. And also our goal, part of our goal is to bring people back to Christ who used to be a part of the family of Christ. People who, they were believers and then they, some, some traditions would call it, they backslid. Right? They went back into sin, went back in their old lifestyles. Or maybe they're living in sin now. It's our job to still reach them with the grace of God. Galatians 6 verses 1 and 2 are key text for that. And so I want to encourage you as you're, you know, we usually don't say, hey, flip out your Bible and, and go through that. We do it in our Bible study every week. But I know on our podcast, we, we usually talk about the issues of politics and faith. But I do want to hit on this one because this talks about credibility and faith. Um, Galatians 6, 1 and 2 is, is chapter 6, verses 1 and 2 is really the key what you want to look in, into there. Because as Christians, we are called to be, um, to carry the burdens of others, but yet watch out for ourselves so that we're not tempted. So we restore one another in a sense of humility, according to that passage. And we watch out for ourselves because just like any of these sins that we're talking about today, or we're going to talk about today, um, it could happen to every one of us. And so we come back from the fact of the day. I'm going to talk about specific situations and how to handle them. And I wouldn't even say, hey, uh, I don't have it all down. I'm going to give you a couple of principles that I do. And you may say, well, Stephen, I really got this one down to a science. And God bless you if you do. But for some of you who wrote to me uh, this past week, this was a tough one. How do I deal with Ravi Zacharias? How do I deal with these type of sin issues? What do you do in your church when these type of things happen? We'll talk about all that and more after the fact of the day. Today's fact of the day, it comes to you straight from God's word. 1 John 1, 9, it says this, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. That's right. Jesus Christ is faithful and just to forgive you if you would just confess your sin. The first step of getting right and getting the prodigal home is bringing them to Jesus Christ. I'm so happy that I came to know Jesus Christ at an early age. 1997 was a great year for me. Uh... Um, not only Bret Hart win the world title, but more importantly, I came to know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And uh, because of that relationship with Jesus, I know that whatever happens in my life, no matter what sin I could fall into, I have to claim this promise of 1 John 1, 9 that tells us that if I want to get to have a good relationship with Jesus again, all I need to do, all you need to do is confess your sins to him because he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. And that's A-L-L, all unrighteousness. So I want to encourage you with this fact of the day. It's a fact straight from scripture. And maybe you're listening and say, hey, Stephen, I've fallen so far from the faith. I don't know what to do. First step, my friend, is to confess it to Jesus. Ask for his forgiveness. And the great news is, if you know him as Savior already, he will forgive you and get you back on that path of restoration. Well, in any event, the uh, facts, opinions, and rants that you hear here are totally mine. And uh, to the best of my effort this week, I am going to make sure that they accurately reflect the values of Scripture. So please, send the positive feedback to Jesus Christ, (laughs) negative feedback to me. Man, that's awkward throwing that in here. And uh, now let's get back to the program. 
So some of the tough things when we talk about this topic, it becomes real. Um, like when a friend goes through a divorce, you know, who gets your friend, right? You're like, well, what are you talking about? Have you ever been with, you know, friends who've gone through divorce? Um, it becomes really awkward because then you really have two people who used to be united. You have two sides of, of a flip coin. You have uh, both giving perspective. And at that point, they're not sharing the best. You're kind of learning the worst about their relationship. And, you're, and I'll be honest, I've been in this situation. And you know, what you're tempted to do is just kind of like uh, slowly but surely back away. And I know for me, what I've tried to do to stay in touch is just do text messages. And, you know, it's, it's because it is awkward. It's one of those things of like, well... Me and you were really close, and now I'm kind of, huh, got to listen. You're kind of on th- pins and needles because you want to support your friend, but then you remember they're both your friends. And how do you support them both when it's like, hey, they're telling me two different things of what happened. I don't know what happened there. And if you take any side, you're going to be a bad guy to one or both of them, right? Well, how does this principle of Scripture work for them? Of course, you start praying for them. So I'm going to tell you, number one, pray. Pray to the Lord of the Harvest to send people into their lives that can really be with them and help them in their time of need the way they need it. Also, pray to the Lord of the Harvest to give you wisdom so you know how to talk about it. If it's one of the things that you can talk about with them in a way that would bring restoration and healing, you know, do that. Ask the Lord to send someone who has a gift of counseling someone who is a Christian counselor to maybe help them because God wants them to be restored. And more likely than not, that's the case. You know, uh, number two in a situation like Ravi Zacharias, and if you haven't uh, known about Ravi Zacharias, he was a famous apologist, a person who went around teaching others how to defend the faith. He has a great minute. He had a great ministry called Ravi Zacharias Ministries, and that's what they did. And they would go around and they would talk about how other faiths couldn't compare to Christianity, and they would win people to Jesus because of it. And he would inspire. He's inspired thousands, possibly even millions of people. But after his death, what happened was they did an investigation into his ministry and found that he was guilty of sexual misconduct, whether it was having people touch him inappropriately or, um, you know, sending uh, inappropriate pictures, um, sexual pictures to women who were not his wife. This was a bombshell. And this is what led many people to say, hey, well, if he was like that, you know, one way on stage, he was very holy and and taught great uh, defense for the faith. But then he, he had this morally moral failure that, of course, is impacting his ministry now, or the ministry, I should say, that he left behind. And it makes you want to doubt the faith. What do you do with stuff like that? Well, that's why I told the story at the beginning. You know, the thing is, none of these things should ever impact your faith. Because your faith isn't in man. What is it in? It's in the truth that Jesus Christ died for your sins and that he gives you new life. He gives all new life, but it also shows us that what? Romans 6 through 8 is a real thing. This is why we know scripture, so we can see what's going on here, right? Romans 6 through 8 talks about how, you know, we are either slaves to sin or slaves to righteousness, but we can't be slaves to both. It also talks about Romans 7, the things I want to do. This is the Apostle Paul. Yeah, the guy who wrote most of the New Testament, by the way, says the things I want to do, I end up not doing, and things I do want to do, you know, uh, things I don't want to do, I do. And the things I know I should do, I don't do. What a wretched man am I. It shows us that Christians aren't perfect. They still struggle with the sin nature. And outside of account- accountability and love and kindness from the church and, and repentance that should be coming from our sins and uh, confessing our sins one another so that we may be healed, James 5, Right? If that is not happening on a continual basis in our lives, we're all liable to fall. 
We're all liable to sin. The question becomes, do we have the type of friends who would be there when we fall? There's a great old song, and in my Bible study, they kind of, I think they're rolling their eyes at this point, because every, almost every week I'm like, hey, you know, there's this great old song from the 90s, you know, if we could just go back to the 90s, we'd be okay. But it's like this, this old song from DC Talk. I had a friend who really loved them, and there was a song from them called, What If I Stumble? I want to encourage you, Google that song, and ask yourself, are you the type of friend they're talking about in that song? The idea that if my friend were to stumble and fall and made a fool of themselves, would I still be there to kind of guide them back to the right way of Christ? Now, of course, we're talking about a two-way street, right? So the idea that as a Christian, I'm open to help another believer who is a friend of mine get back on the right track, I'm open to that. But the flip side of that is maybe you're on the other side of you like, hey, man, I'm far away from Christ. The church has left me. I'm hurt. Let me ask you for a moment. Have you truly repented of your sins? Have you done what it says in James 5? Have you confessed your sins so that you may be healed? And are you currently praying for one another? You know, you may say, Stephen, no, I'm not. I'm not in a prayer relationship with anybody because the church left me. Well, the first thing is repent. Repent means change of heart, change of mind, change of direction. So you can't keep holding on to your sin and try to justify your sin. And that's a lot of times what happens. And a pastor once said this to me. He said, you know, Stephen, people don't... uh, you know, they don't, they, they don't just walk away from their faith. What happens is people behave away from the faith. And I found that to be so true. Usually it's trauma that happens in our lives and sin that we allow to creep in that guides us away from the faith. It's not someone uh, argued hyper-Calvinist to us and, and, and confused us about the sovereignty of God and we go, oh, I just can't believe in Jesus anymore. No, that's not what happens. For the majority of people, what happens is there's a sin in their life, or in this case, a sin in someone else's life that really shipwrecked their theology, which led them to think, well, it's not that important to them. It's not that important to me. And they begin to walk away. So if you're walking away from the faith, make a U-turn. I tell my students this all the time when it comes to advising. I tell them, hey, if you're trying to get to Florida and you notice that there's signs that saying we're about 25 miles from the Canadian border, what's the best time to turn around? And they go, immediately? Yeah, but the tough part is, you're like, man, I'm so far away from Florida. And a lot of times when people are so far away from Florida, they just quit. They say, eh, you know, Massachusetts isn't all that bad. New York's not all that bad. Jesus doesn't want you to quit. So if you're on the other side of it, come back. And I want to encourage you, reach out to a friend who you know would be loyal to you. Reach out to a friend who you're like, hey, I could tell you I messed up. And I need help. And they're not going to judge you. They're going to say, all right, man, well, we got to repent. Got to get these things out of your life. And let's go back towards Jesus. Make a beeline towards Jesus. So, yeah, I mean, when you deal with stuff like the moral sin of Ravi Zacharias, or you deal with stuff like maybe um, you had friends who were married and once that they were in an abusive relationship. How do you deal with that? You know, you you encourage them to get a neutral counselor. You know, that's kind of that Matthew 18 idea. You encourage them to get safe. You know, you don't want anyone in a, in a hostile relationship. So it's like, hey, get physically safe. You know, there, there's a time period where you need to separate. But the goal is to get you both healed by Jesus so you can move forward and have a great marriage and, and maybe, you know, recommend counseling. It's one of those things of you got to remember, we are not called to solve everyone's problems. We're called to point them to the answer. And the answer is Jesus Christ within the context of healing the issue. So, you know, in a relational issue, it may be a a biblical Christian counselor who can help them. 
even if they've been divorced or lean towards the pathway. God can restore all things. He makes all things new. Keep praying for that. But keep the phone open. That's one of the things that I learned. You know, I got to keep the text messages going. I want them to know, hey, we may not be as close as we used to be, but I'm keeping the text open because I want them to be able to, to reach back out. Now, of course, you got to be consistent where you're at. So you deal with moral failure of a superhero like Robbie Zacharias by being digging into scripture. You deal with a personal issue by being just like that DC talk song. I'm going to be that friend that what if my friend stumbles, I'm still going to be there for them. I mean, hey, I may not say stuff they want to hear, but at least they know I am still their friend. And most importantly, just realize that when people sin, that's when they need Jesus the most. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we can only bring people to Jesus and let them enjoy Jesus, what will happen is he will convict them, the Holy Spirit specifically, convict them of sin, righteousness, and judgment. If they really listen to Jesus, they will change and get right with God. I want friends in my life who, if I stumble and fall, they're there to get me to Jesus so that I can be healed and so that if anything happens to me, I could change. I'm dedicated to be that type of friend. Friends, are you. Well, friends, we're going to end this time with prayer. And um, I'm going to say, first off, thank you for joining us on Facts, Pains, Rants with Stephen D. Mosley. As always, uh, please share this with family, friends, and all within your social media community. Um, and uh, please subscribe on your favorite place, whether it's uh, Apple Podcast or uh, Spotify, etc. So you never miss an episode. Um, but let's end in prayer. God, thank you so much for my friends in this time. And God, I really just ask that you would open up the heavens and let people who need to come back to Jesus come back this week. Heal those who are brokenhearted because people they looked up to were sinners and were hiding their sin instead of confessing it and getting it right and getting it under the blood. Lord, help us to watch our life and doctrine closely. In Jesus' name we pray.